This is the Pro-AV Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration only on market scale. Nowadays, we put a lot of AV on the ones and zeros. They want more features, but they want to see less hardware. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Market Scale's Pro AV Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. So post Infocom 2019, it seems one of the biggest takeaways was how AV is powering the workspaces of the future and the workspaces of today. From video conferencing to wireless presentation systems, technology has really become more collaborative on the front end and the back end. And I think professionals have really realized that the consumer has a much more essential stake in that conversation. So here to put this workplace tech trend into perspective is Carl Harvell, Director of Product Marketing and Senior Customer Sales Success at Aver USA. Carl, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on, Daniel. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, this was my first year at Infocom, and it blew me away compared to some of the other shows I've been to. Not that they were bad, per se, but just the energy at Infocom was really different. I don't know. Something about it was really lighthearted, energetic, but also focused on, you know, getting the job done and, and getting educated and um, c- communing with other people in the industry. I don't know. Something about the energy was really different. Did you feel the same way? Did, did you have a blast, uh, you know, to tell me a little bit about your experience? Yeah, Infocom was, it, it definitely was great this year. And you're correct. There definitely was a, a vibe that was different amongst everyone there. And like you said, I think it, it was more because it seems like people are playing together a lot more now. Uh, from before, everybody had their their own booths with their own equipment, their own proprietary uh, proprietary way of, of talking with each other with their own solution. But now it seems like there's a lot more partnerships going going along, uh, especially within the show, from not only a technological perspective, but, but from a marketing perspective. But when you look at the show as a whole and seeing all the other AV stuff that was out there, you get a sense of what's going to power the UC market later on, which I thought was awesome. Yeah, I mean, personally, I was attending a lot of sessions and really trying to educate myself on some of the big trends. Um, some of the ones that really stood out to me were some of the trends we're talking about today, which is wireless presentation solutions and collaborative technology in the workplace, which obviously we'll unpack here in a bit, but also some cool trends on how AV is helping power the future of retail, the future of theme parks, and this idea of the experience economy. It really sounds like AV professionals are getting the chance to be more creative, you know, really getting to to become the creative directors of projects or at least have a hand in creative design or or content ideas, at least more so than they have before. Yeah, I mean, the, the way I see it, I mean, if, if you look at the basic functionality of being able to talk to somebody, share an idea, ideate with somebody and hear them and speak to them, that is that foundation is almost laid out there. And so being able to pick a solution and say, Hey, don't, can I see them and talk to them for the end user? That's, that's, uh, that's almost solidified. It's, it's, it's set in place to where they most likely will have the confidence to have a video conferencing meeting now. So now I'm noticing from Aver's perspective, especially, you know, building out products for the future, we're really looking at that user persona for the AV integrator. You know, how do we make their life easier? How do, how do we make it easier for them to, like you said, create a, uh, a wireless uh, connectivity option for the end user, but to have them install it and have it have them install it with uh, you know without having to drill so many holes in the wall or 
or run so many cables, uh, but you know, have them provide a solution for the end users. It, it seems like a trend that's going in the right direction. So the main reason we have Aver on today is because your company was showcasing a lot of new products that fit into this conversation of workplace AV evolution. You were showcasing them at Infocom 2019, and they had a, a really positive reception. But before we break down what you were offering, um, I really do want to look at the larger trends of collaboration in the workplace, because I think they're important to set up why these products even exist and what consumer needs you were trying to proactively meet. So from an end user perspective, and we can just talk generally here, how are you seeing coworkers collaborate both in person and globally? And how is that influencing the technology that's powering those collaborative workspaces? Great question. I mean, because when you look at it and you look at the different user personas that are out there and actually who is uh, using video conferencing and collaboration, uh, you know, you, you look at uh, a, lot of, a lot of companies that are outfield, outfitting new buildings. And every time I go into new buildings and I do a customer interview and I try to walk uh, walk a building to see how they're setting up their whole landscape, yeah, you, you notice a lot of open floor plans. You notice a lot of uh, cubicles that, not even cubicles, just kind of desks, you know, open spaces. And, you know, but when it comes to meeting time, a lot of people want a little bit of more privacy. And so they would jump into a huddle room or a phone booth room out there. So we are seeing a rise in, in huddle rooms, phone booth rooms, you know, those small meeting places with three to four people that that uh, it's, it's the easy, quick way to jump into a meeting. And we're seeing a lot of companies build those out. So with that in mind, I think it's, it's, it's a little interesting of how people are doing it. They're, they're doing it in different aspects and different styles. Sometimes they'll use a, uh, if you notice, sometimes it'll be a round table uh, within, a, within a conference room. Sometimes they'll chop a conference room in half and put like a half a table against the wall. Uh, sometimes they would uh, just put bean bags. <laughs> um, but it's, it's uh, the reason why they're doing that is to make it comfortable for people to just go in there and have a meeting and not focus on the technology, but focus on their ideas and thoughts and conveying a message. And so with that, the flow of how conference rooms are being made, I think a lot of the time, IT architects are going out there as well as AV integrators. They're looking at the whole flow of how people are, are handling meetings. And uh, they're kind of coming across different uh, obstacles that they never come across before, uh, like different lighting conditions, different, uh, different ways to handle sound. Because you know sometimes when they, they put the rooms together, yeah, there's not a, a, a set, uh, sometimes the wall doesn't go all the way up past the drop down ceiling and you could hear the people on the other end. Those are the types of things that we're looking at when we create new products and what we're realizing when people are, are making uh, conference rooms. But the thing is, it's a trend where people are more uh, comfortable being on video or they're starting to become more comfortable to be on video and they're starting to become more comfortable working remotely. And that increase or that, that, uh, the the faux pas of being on camera is slowly going down with the with the next generation of workforce coming out. Yeah, I mean, I think we're in a time where business is just becoming more global, and the need for quality audio and video conferencing is at an all time high. Um, and same with just being in a collaborative space, whether that is an interactive touch screen for you to doodle and draw or design on with teammates, or you know to have a camera 
that adjusts to the specs of a huddle room. Um, you know, huddle rooms are a really interesting concept because though they're meant specifically for conferencing, the size of the room is kind of an inhibitor because if you're super close to the camera, but you're all the way on the, on the periphery of that camera, you're not going to be seen. And it's that those little changes to, okay, do we go now wide angle with our lenses? Um, you know, how, how do we make our cameras capable of capturing everyone in this tiny space where they're cramped together, even though that's the whole point of the space. So, you know, the technology adapts to the needs, and that's really what we're trying to break down today. Um, so you mentioned huddle rooms. Um, you mentioned the literal design of these spaces. What do you think these modern workplaces are demanding in their design? You know, why go for the huddle room? Why is that a trend? You know, why do you think people want to collaborate in these smaller spaces? Um, and what are some other design trends maybe you're seeing in uh, in the workplace? So with, with modern workplaces, as, the, as they're outfitting their rooms, uh, they're taking a lot into consideration for their huddle rooms. You know, obviously they're going to replace out, uh, either they might be replacing equipment or putting in new equipment, but they're realizing that these new conference rooms, these huddle rooms that they're, that they're putting in, uh, or their smaller rooms, uh, they can't. They 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 could possibly not fit the, tr the traditional design of a uh, a rectangle or a uh, triangle. So flexibility is one of the big things that they're looking at. Uh, great quality video, which you have to have. You know the the staples for a video call. Uh, but also, you know, making sure you hit the right price point. You know, sometimes you could pay a lot for uh, features that really the customer is not going to use. And so, you know, being able to, you know, afford a $10,000 camera for one conference room in a building will be would be okay but you know when you're outfitting six or seven conference rooms in a building or a floor uh, that's where price really kind of makes a big difference and you want to make sure you get that customer benefit for what you're putting in well yeah for sure i mean if you're investing money into a solution that is built into the infrastructure of your space uh, you know you obviously want to make an investment for something that is not only high quality and will last, but also something that's flexible and can adapt. You know, something that isn't going to be outdated in a year and you're going to have to completely replace, but something that naturally is going to be able to sort of uh, adapt to fresh software, uh, firmware, you know, just the, the, the little things to keep it up to date. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, and, and, you had a big word there, which is, you know, being able to adapt. And especially with cameras in our line of work, uh, I noticed that, uh, you know, the last couple of uh, places I visited, it was funny seeing how uh, some of the conference rooms that were uh, set up, you know, you walk into a conference room and, you know, most conference rooms are lined up outside of the walls, you know, the outside perimeter of a building. So, you know, they're usually against windows and stuff. And, you know, sun rises, sets, changes up a light dynamic. I asked the guy that was there, you know, does anybody ever close the shades? He's like, no. I'm like, the people just usually walk in, press a button to join the video call, you know, because that's generally what people are trained to do now. They said, yeah. I'm like, so they never turned the lights on because the automatic light sensors never went off in two of the three conference rooms that are two of the three uh, customers that I went to go visit. And and they said, actually, I never noticed that. But yeah, no, they, they don't. And so uh, having that dynamic aspect for not only human interaction for you know however they're trained to go in and either join a meeting or and, and partake in the meeting 
You know, sometimes uh, the six o'clock evening meeting could be way different from the 7 a.m. meeting or 8 a.m. meeting where the lighting condition is going to be totally different. And so that kind of dynamic flexibility is really huge as well with our products. Yeah, so d digging in more into this point, this idea that the back end of this technology has become extremely collaborative or, you know, better put, open source, um, adaptable, uh, flexible, all that good stuff. What kind of effect has this had on the industry, on, on the business of the industry? Because I know black box solutions really were the standard for a long time. You know, getting one install that will give you everything you need, but obviously it's it sticks to that company and that one company has to provide all the solution upgrades and um, you know hardware reinstallations, et cetera, et cetera. And to a degree that hasn't completely gone out of style, but it's beginning to take more influence from this idea of technology needs to adapt to whatever other softwares or technology are in that room, basically software and technology agnostic. So how has this open source push for collaborative technology affected the industry? I mean, it's it's definitely making things a lot uh, a lot better, in my opinion. I mean, man, we're seeing so many different peripheral uh, focused companies out there, like ours included. You know, you could you could say we're we're that as well. That are so narrowly focused on that one aspect and doing it well. I think we're we're coming up to uh, uh, exceeded expectations of how well things would work. You know, it's kind of like the car industry. You know, you, you get a stock car, but, you know, any car aficionado out there that loves racing or whatever, you know, they start ripping out their engine and start putting in better components um, and better pieces, you know, to make it race ready. And so with the industry right now, the way that we're kind of all working together, we do have to follow some certain guidelines and standards. And one of those big ones, I think, out there is going to be APIs, you know, being able to interact with others and let others kind of grab the reins of things that normally a company would say, oh, no, we're going to do it all ourselves, like management, for instance. You know, with our cameras that go out there, do we want to have the sole way of managing our camera or do we want to open up APIs to where other companies such as Zoom, BlueJeans or, or um, you know, Fuse or anybody else would want to actually upload firmware using their solutions. So a, a network architect within IT department can have one single interface to do everything that they need, or do they need to have opened multiple windows for different, you know, aspects to manage different uh, parts of a conference room? I don't think that's going to fly in the long run if we don't, as an industry, start opening up certain aspects to be able to talk with each other and certify with each other. Uh, we're going to miss the mark for the end user. And generally, it's not going to proceed the way it should well within the industry. Yeah, I think it's kind of gotten to a point where the industry needs to be a little bit of both. Uh, you know, there's no shame in companies delivering a full solution, but I think they need to be realistic in that other softwares are going to come around that a company might want to use. And it's probably a better scenario for you to have technology that can adapt to that software instead of a client now saying, actually, we're not going to use your technology at all anymore because it can't interface with this other software we want to use, so we're switching providers. You know, that that kind of issue is not something you want to deal with, especially if there's issues with client retention or something. You know, you want as much flexibility as possible. So it's interesting to see that dynamic shift. Yeah, and, and one of the big things too is, you know, those black box companies like you were talking about, that is one aspect that they actually had for a while, which was, you know, a, a network administrator was able to manage 
all aspects of the conference rooms with those full solutions. Granted, it costs like half a million dollars to really implement. <laughs> right. <laughs> but they had that infrastructure management set in place. Um, right now, as you know, uh, computer-based or processor-based solutions are starting to come into play with software agnostic uh, tools that are in the market right now. I think we're getting very close to that kind of replacement. All right, so let's take the conversation back over to Aver and your specific products. So uh, I know Aver was really excited to showcase a lot of great technology for the workplace at Infocom 2019. And the main ones are called CAM 540, EP65, and CAM 340+. Plus which is a lot of numbers, a lot of words there. We're going to break down what each of those means, and we're going to look at how each of those is responding to one of those big workplace trends, maybe more, that we just talked about. So let's start with the CAM 540. What workplace need is CAM 540 trying to address, and uh, you know, how is it representative of some of those trends that we talked about in the previous 20 minutes of this podcast? So the CAM 540, uh, that is our 4K pan-tilt-zoom a USB camera that has integrated auto framing and people counting built within the firmware. So you don't have to load anything separate to get it running within your uh, conference room. Uh, generally just plug it in and you know all of those features are built within the, uh, the firmware itself. The great thing about that camera, awesome for medium room to uh, small room, large, large huddle room type scenarios. Really quiet, really smooth. You move it back and forth and you could just you could just see how fast it zooms, fast it pulls out with the presets. Just a really awesome looking camera. You know, one of the big things with Aver is that you know they always say your cameras, the image quality looks great. Yeah, but but the uh, but it looks like it's from you know the the nineties. <laughs> it looks like something Robocop. Right. Um, that's 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 one of the latest ones that I heard, which I thought was kind of kind of cool. Uh, but the Camp Five Forty, it has a really sleek look. It's something that we paid attention to the ID of it. And uh, yeah, so far that one's, uh, we've been getting a lot of buzz about it. People, you know, we have a, a demo program where you could call us up and say, hey, we want to try your camera and we'll send it out to you. You know, no credit card needed, no purchase order. Uh, we'll just send you out the camera. And if people, people usually implement it within a proof of concept. And if they like it, you can purchase it. If not, there's a return shipping level and you can ship it right back to us. Um, so far with that camera, every time we ship it out, uh, people buy it. It's about uh, 85 to 90% closure rate on it. Wow. So definitely popular. A lot of good reception. Oh, yeah. So this next one, the EP65, this was probably my favorite, uh, mostly because I'm a big fan of collaborative uh, touch screens and any sort of digital display that not only can help interface with global communications, but also create a nice platform for people to interact in person and, you know, power a huddle room. So tell me a bit about the EP65, what trends it's trying to respond to, uh, especially in the design of the space, because I think it could be integral to how, um, how, businesses look to design their work spaces specifically their collaborative workspaces since it is a digital display yeah yeah the uh, the ep65 which stands for enterprise 65 65 for 65 inch monitor uh this all-in-one is a is an interesting one we this was kind of a, in collaboration with zoom zoom uh, through our partnership came to came to us and said hey don't we're noticing this trend you know you already make interactive flat panels how would you like to make one uh, with, you know, with some specs that we could give you. And so we, uh, we built it out, you know, it's a 13 micro ray, uh, beam forming 
uh, array on the very top with a 4K camera built into it. That's uh, kind of the well, it is the same lens as a Cam 340. But uh, this uh, interactive touch panel, we put a lot of quality into it. It is definitely geared towards uh, the uh, the the type of solution that you would want to grow into. Uh, the uh, the PCAP Touch uh, technology that we put into it allows for up to 20 points of touch. So so with this solution, I mean, two two people could go in there with with both hands and start you know writing on the on the uh, on the panel itself, uh, but at a very fine detail as well. I mean, we put a lot of R and D into this. We actually built this out, gave it to Zoom. And Zoom spent about like three months uh, fine-tuning the microphones for it. So when you look at it, it's one of those scenarios where we kind of, well, we, we built it overpowered so it could support 1080p conferencing. And we built it with enterprises in mind, knowing that they want to be able to put this into either a small conference room or large huddle room or even an open team area and not have to worry about running cables uh, running microphone, uh, speaker cables, setting things up for custom integration. You kind of just mount it on the wall, plug in the power, and it'll boot up Windows IoT, ask you for a Windows uh, or ask you for a network uh, wireless uh, ID to connect into. And then as soon as you enter that in, it'll load Zoom rooms and you're in you're in a setup. It took me up to 18 minutes to to install one of these, and that was only because I had to spend uh, 10 minutes putting a cart together. <laughs> Uh, if you already had the wall mount, you could just put it on. It'll be, you know, you, you could you could be going in less than ten minutes. Right. So, it is uh, one of those ones where when you look at it, you can set the settings for either it's in a large conference room, small conference room, or medium conference room, and the beamforming microphones will adjust accordingly from the Zoom room interface. But man, when you talk on this one, it definitely picks you up. Audio quality is really good. Great writing quality. It's um, it's definitely for the higher end. Uh, I would say interactive flat panels that are on the market right now, and it shows in the how how you could see it, how you could uh, how you could use it. What kinds of businesses or markets do you see getting the most use out of this higher end digital display? Um, I would say um, mid to enterprise, really. Uh, they're they're with the Windows IoT uh, operating system that that's built within it. I mean, it is made so you don't have to. It doesn't run the full Windows operating system, so there's not as many things to update on it. So it is locked down from a security perspective. Uh, but uh, when you look at the way that it's built and how you manage it, you know most of the manageability aspects come from actual Zoom, uh, Zoom's interface. So it is geared towards enterprise. And then the last product you were really excited to showcase was the Cam 340 Plus. This was another one that really caught my eye based on just the, the lens design and the um, the need in the workplace that it was really trying to solve. Break that down for me a little bit and what you saw on the reaction to this product. Yeah. So, one, well, I mean, one of the big things that I like to do um, for product marketing is I like to visit people. I like to go and see the cameras in use. I like to ask questions, you know, figure out what the pain points are for people. Uh, but different kind of people as well. You know, I like to go visit, visit customers, AV integrators, uh, vendor partners, um, and even end users that are like accountants that don't even know who I am and don't know who it is, but you know, just like, Hey, do you use that video system? You know, tell me what you think about it. Um, so one of the big feedbacks that we got for the camp 340, the, the, the original design one was that people liked it, but, um, 
you know, there's a couple of things that uh, it was missing. One is it was a 94 degree field of view. It uh, it wasn't at that 120 mark. Now we were going to make a 120 field of view micro uh, a camera before, but we weren't happy with the results because we realized, you know, people look like they're kind of warped. You get that, you know, that fisheye look. And we weren't happy with that. You know, we, we did not want people to look distorted. <laughs> we wanted people to look somewhat normal <laughs> while they're in a video call. And so, and so we waited a bit until we could find the camera technology or the lens technology that would actually make it look normal at 120 degree field of view. Another thing we realized is, you know, it's a 4K camera, but with the previous design, you needed to to have an external power source uh, because there was a built-in microphone and there was a, a 3.5 millimeter jack in the back of it so you could plug in external speakers. We realized nobody was using that. Uh, nobody ever really used the microphone in the front. Uh, they always used some kind of speakerphone. And so we ripped it out. And now on the back of that camera, you just need a single USB Type-C connector and that'll power it up, whether it's a, a USB 2.0 or 3.0. So those are the small little things that kind of help make the install process a lot easier because it's a single cable now. You don't have to worry about power. Yeah, just the, the fact that you created a camera that is responding to changes in the physical space where people are collaborating. And, um, you know, like I said earlier, being able to see people on the periphery of a room when they're all crowded in there in a huddle space um, is is really innovative stuff. And, you know, I... I love seeing when AV companies are proactive with their products and showcasing technology that is reactive as well, but creates a great standard for, hey, you know, as work changes, so does the technology. It doesn't have to adapt to the technology. The technology can adapt to the work. Yeah, one thing that we uh, we realized that with, with uh, doing customer interviews and checking out their, uh, their room layouts, you know, some people... They wanted the 120 degree field of view, uh, but like I was saying, some of those conference rooms are a little different in how they're built, and sometimes they're a little bit long and length. They they set up the conference room to be lengthwise, uh, so it's a longer conference room. And putting those 120 degree field of view uh, cameras in those rooms, it kind of makes it look weird because you can see more wall on the sides. So we actually have a setting in our or there's a way to change the firmware, and you could select wide room or long room. And it'll bring it back down to 94 uh, degrees field of view for a longer throw room to give it a natural look. So, yeah, that's the, the kind of settings that we changed up on that Cam 340 Plus to, uh, to adapt for that stuff. So due to those end user expectations changing so rapidly, I feel like the industry is listening to those end users more actively. Clearly, Aver was, and you know, I think we see that in other companies, other manufacturers. Uh, they adapt their product lines to those needs. And I know Aver specifically puts a lot of emphasis on customer feedback to further develop your solutions. Um, so how has customer feedback really guided your product design? And do you think the industry has adapted well to that more open line of communication? I think it's becoming more common business practice now. Uh, at least I would hope it is. <laughs> uh, there, I mean, there's still a lot of companies out there that are, that are thinking, oh, we need to put these features, that feature. And they're more, they're more, they start a project off with features rather than, okay, well, what's the customer need? Uh, what is, you know, what is it that customers want? and or uh, resellers or AV integrators, you know, what, what ex what's the, the gap that's not being fulfilled right now? Um, being able to find that and then, and then build a solution for that answer 
is is where you kind of have to be right now in the marketplace. Because if not, you're missing the mark and you're just kind of chasing other people and other market leaders out there to kind of create something that's just a cheaper form of what they're making. So for us within Aver, you know, one of the big things that I try to do is listen to the customer and doesn't matter if they're griping because your, you know, your product doesn't meet, met, meet their expectation and they're kind of belittling you. It, it, that emotion comes for a reason because they really either wanted you to work <laughs> or they were really hoping that you're going to help, you know, find a solution to, to, for their pain point. So I think the industry, at least what I'm noticing, they're, they're starting to do that now. Uh, I'm hoping that it becomes common business practice, especially with international companies. And just like those customer responses and open lines of communication with customers are important, I think so are those open lines of communication with other businesses in the industry. Um, you know, much like the tech has become more open source, so has that flow of knowledge between companies. And Aver, I know y'all have really focused on building partnerships within the industry to develop these flexible workplace solutions. Why have you put so much emphasis on partnerships? Have they served you well? And do you think enough companies are looking to build partnerships um, around their product lines? Yeah, I think it's like, uh, you know, saying you have a really great support uh uh, operational, uh, solution or something like that, or, you know, you have really great tech support. Um, a lot of people say it, but do they actually put money and resources into it? And that's another thing I, for us, we do value our partnerships. Uh, but you know, being able to bring on a partner very early in your development cycle to let them know what's going on, to give them a heads up, to not only build around it, but to collaborate on it and to help create a solution together. So for instance, you know, being able to uh, to say, hey, guys, we want to build a really great camera. Um, can you help us build out, um, you know, a really great wall mount to go with our camera? And so we'll team with someone like Heckler Design. Um, or, you know, it, it's, you know, with, with STEM Audio, for instance, they're coming out with their new audio line. And we said, hey, great, we're coming out with these new cameras. Here are our cameras you can test with them and see if they'll be able to work together with your solution. So... You know, being able to do that very early in a product introduction cycle, that's the kind of partnership that you would need really to to have a strong relationship with others. If you're saying you're just a partner and then, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll meet like once a, once a, you know, every two quarters and just kind of let you know what we're building out. And, and uh, you know, oh, by the way, we came out with this like last month. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, uh, okay, <laughs> cool. We, we'll, you know, hopefully we could uh, tell people about it, I yeah. guess. <laughs> As, to, as opposed to have a whole ecosystem to say like, oh, yeah, no, we heard about that and we built a mount that will work with right, that. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it just goes back to this idea of agnostic products and not feeling like you as a company need to provide the one product for the one other solution and it only interacts with other solutions from that product line and, you know, sorry about it if you don't have it. Uh, you know, tough luck. That that just I don't think it flies that much anymore in uh, in the AV world. Clients just are are a little too informed now. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a blessing and a curse in the fact that clients I think better understand what products they're looking for, how to ask for them, and how to be more involved in the process of getting them installed. So you know, though that can be a challenge in 
in that you, you know you, you really have to be prepared for your client knowing exactly what they want. For the most part, I think it's it's a blessing because they <laughs> they know what they want, and that um, that just makes the job easier. And it it requires you to be flexible with your products too, because they're going to have a really diverse set of requirements for what softwares they want to use and how your technology interacts with those softwares. So naturally, you need to be able to meet that demand in today's uh, today's AV world. Absolutely. I mean, you know, the the IT architects and IT video engineers out there, um, you know, they don't have to be mystified by ISDND channel signaling like they used to back in the late 90s and early 2000s. Now they could actually focus on the user experience and really focus on you know, putting together a solution. And so getting down to the fine details of, well, does this act, does the camera actually look good? Right. Right. <laughs> you know, can I actually get data out of the camera, you know, to figure out how many people are in the meeting or, you know, whether it responds correctly in case this light bulb goes out and they can't move the meeting room. So yeah, they, they definitely uh, look towards that kind of stuff now, rather than just, you know, whether they're, um, you know, their firewall rules are set up correctly to allow inbound video conferencing calls. So it's uh, it's definitely made a better trend. And just to bring everything back to Infocom 2019 to to wrap up our conversation, uh, going back to this idea of getting feedback from your partners, from your customers, just from, from people, basically Aver being open to feedback and using that to help influence design for your products. What kind of feedback did you get at Infocom 2019 that you think might influence future product design for future or current customer needs? Yeah, some of the biggest feedback I got. Uh, well, there, there's a couple of things. I mean, there, there's feedback I got from the show as a whole. You know, one of the big things I like about Infocom is, you know, it's not all about just UC. You know, you have the the, the guys out there with the new displays, with the, uh, the uh, pro- you know, latest projectors and stuff like that. And, man, those television manufacturers out there with their see-through uh, television displays, I think that always puts a trend of what's going to come out later with the UC market and what we're going to be able to play with later on because that's going to kind of drive up not only 8K video conferencing and and see-through displays, you know, what can we do with that, especially with depth perception and stuff. Um, so, that, I mean, that was always fun to look at and, and see and think, well, you know, where is the industry going to change? But uh, but interacting with partners, um, especially channel resellers, you know, figuring out, hey, what are you seeing out there? You know, what's, what are the feet in the street uh, coming across? And, you know, so, some of the great responses were, you know, your, your cameras are great, um, but, uh, you know, we're, we're realizing that, a lot of cust, uh, companies are wanting to make cameras that are kind of transparent. You know, nobody really wants to see a big mechanical monster moving back and forth uh, or, you know, disruptions. They want that natural feel, natural flow, like you're talking with somebody. Uh, but also, you know, some people were saying, you know, making things simpler for the install. Uh, that's still another big trend that uh, people are looking to see. So being able to lessen cables, um, and have the uh, conference room table kind of clear. A couple of key takeaways that I had. Transparent cameras, that's a new one for me. Yeah. Though, you know, I think transparent technology is always cool, 
I always loved the transparent Game Boys when I was playing with them uh, back in my early days, so I'm sure people <laughs> will probably enjoy that aesthetic value <laughs> of having a transparent camera in their console. Well, well, transparent in the sense that they just don't want to see them. Yeah. They want to be able to, to, be able to mount them like in between televisions and blend in with the bezel. Ah, uh, so transparent really means get it out of my face. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. don't have this big eye looking at me like the eye of Sauron from right. It's, it's gonna... <laughs> Though I mean, hey, if the camera turned into the eye of Sauron, I would have to praise whatever immersive <laughs> technology is making that happen. So, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, Carl, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and giving us your unique look at technology at Infocom 2019. I mean, it sounds like you've got some quality feedback, and it sounds like your technology is an integral piece for the future of workplace collaborative solutions and workplace design. So always cool to see when AV is on top of those industries and those markets and uh, looking forward to getting you back on the podcast to discuss some other topics. Awesome. Thank you for having me. And thank you everyone for listening to today's episode of the podcast. And if you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. You can also find our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and make sure you leave a rating and a comment wherever you listen to your podcast content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time. <laughs>